Hey guys, welcome to Operation Brewery episode number three. Thank you so much for the support so far with the podcast. We've been featured in the new and noteworthy section in iTunes because of the reviews you guys have been leaving. So thanks for that and thanks for sharing it. This week we've got something a little bit different. We're chatting to Steve Baxter from Shark Tank about the craft beer industry in Australia. So when we're first looking for investors for Black Ops, someone tweeted out one of our blog posts and got Steve Baxter's attention from from, um, Shark Tank. And he replied to the tweet and said, oh, it looks interesting what you're doing. And we sent him back a little bit of information. And it didn't really go anywhere, but um, I kind of thought it would be cool just to chat to him anyway about the craft beer industry because he's obviously a very well-known investor. He's um, on the TV show, and I, and I love the show. And he's also into craft beer, and he's a, a Queensland guy as well. So I thought it would be cool to get him on, have a chat about the craft beer industry. And um, so I, I had a really quick Skype call with him. I think it was 25 minutes um, Eddie and Govs couldn't make it unfortunately so it was just me it didn't really go exactly the way I thought it would go but uh, we're really keen to put it out there and see what you guys think so have a listen to it let us know blackops.com.au forward slash blog and um, check out the podcast up there and leave us a comment or just let us know on social media what you think about the episode it's a bit different to what we normally do but um, hopefully you enjoy it see you guys next time first of all thanks for coming on Operation Brewery our podcast to get things started we've got people in our audience who are into the home brewing or want to get started in the craft beer world. And I wanted to just ask you a couple of questions about what's a good way to get started from an investment point of view, because my, my businesses in the past have been not requiring a lot of money to get started, but yep. beer is, is the opposite. It's something that it's almost impossible to start without money. So uh, if you're talking to someone who's looking to get investment for, a, for this kind of business, what are, what are a few tips you would give them? Oh, well, the same as I give anyone who's starting a business. You know, um, it, it's got to make sense. Um, there, there's lots of reasons people invest. You know, uh, the main reason probably should be to get a financial return, but people get other sorts of emotional returns out of it. Beer is a bit of a man's thing. You know, everyone, not everyone, but, you know, there's a bit of a romance to owning or being associated with a brewery. Yeah. Um, how big so do you think that is in terms of, like, finding an investor? How, how, how important do you think that is as opposed to financial return? Um. Well, it depends on the investor. Um, it does depend on the investor so um, and the amount. So, But the, your opening statement, though, you have to get some investment to start a brewery. Is that right? Um, well, well, we did because we didn't have enough money to, to do it ourselves. I mean, the only other option really would be to um, contract brew that I can think of. And in Queensland, that's kind of hard work. In the Gold Coast, it's impossible. Um, you would have to go into state. So, yeah, it's a, it's, if you wanted your own brewery, you would have to get some money if you didn't have it yourself. Okay. Why do you ask that? Are you, do you think that's not right? I'm a huge fan. Well, you, everything needs money to start, and it comes down to how much you need and where you find it from. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of going to investors where you don't actually have an investable business. So I think investment should be used to accelerate. Um, now, I come from a different world than, than, than an industrial process like beer brewing. Me too. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, I must refer to fund, fund a business from customers. Really, so you know, do that. Do version one, make money, screw it away, reinvest, build business, make money, reinvest, build business, and at every stage. Then you also get to do a checkpoint of, you know, what what do I do with the money I've made? Do I, you know, do I reinvest it or do I put it in the bank? Do I buy BHP shares with it? What what do I do? So yeah. you know, it's it's good to have a that decision point. One of the difficulties with contract brewing is if you do it on a small scale, it's almost impossible to make money. Like we we 
buy our kegs for $350. That's how much we pay to brew them. And we sell them... We couldn't sell them for more than $350. So that's, that's if you're brewing on a small scale, on a small mm. system. You're literally paying... You, you've got a, a margin of 0%. How, how, big, how many ladies in a keg? 50. Mm. So it's, it's one of those things. It's like if you've got to do a big run of them... Um, it's, you, you can put a bunch of money up front and do that, but uh, you need to be able to sell it as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you do it on a small scale, which is what we're doing at the moment before we open, which is uh, 14 kegs a day on like a 200-litre system up at Bacchus, um, you're literally paying more for it than a customer's prepared to pay for it. Oh, Bacchus Brewing, my favourite place. Well, one of my favourite places. Yeah. Oh, um, well, that's pretty shit, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's kind of why we need, we, we need money, but we've, we've, we found it okay to, to do that. How do you pay an investment? How do you explain, okay, well, so how do you make money if you can't, if you can't, I mean, I don't, I don't get it. So at some point you can make it, so if you buy, how much have you got to spend in order to get your cost of production down to something that's sustainable? You, you, you need probably above about a, a um, like a, a thousand litre system is probably about the absolute minimum you could brew on and pay someone to do it and, and make money. And, so, and, and what would you be producing kegs for then? Um, well, it, it, it depends how much you value the time of the people doing it. Like, our system's going to be about a 2,000-litre system. Um, and so I think, I think the keg price comes down maybe like, a, maybe like $180 or $150 to $180. Uh, it, it depends a lot on the beer too, and because the the excise you pay is based on the alcohol quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've done a few crazy beers as well with like oysters in them and uh, brandy and shit like that. So that costs a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. Whole oysters. <laughs> yeah. How does it come through the fucking tap, or does it go? Does it go in the bottle? No, go, no, 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 no. It goes in the boil, and then it just it doesn't go through to the beer. It's in a great stuff. Okay, right. Yeah. But, but but you do anything like that, like the, the kegs we sold to Gabs, I think they bought for two hundred and fifty bucks. They cost us about four hundred dollars each to brew. Which That's is called making a loss, isn't it? It is. It's, okay. It's getting your name out there. <laughs> Marketing money. Okay. Yeah. Um. I said, do you sell them ex-brewery or do you sell them delivered? No, delivered. So what's a because they're not what you call light traditionally kegs, are they? No, there's a lot of there's a lot of expenses. I mean, you you sell, I think it's about twenty bucks to get them into state. Most of us we, we've sold around Queensland and delivered ourselves. Um, but you pay to get them into state. You pay keg rental if you use someone like Kegstar to to um because you pay for as long as the kegs at the venue, and they don't pay you until after they've got the beer. So it's 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 not a very sexy industry. <laughs> but like you say, everyone wants a brewery, so. Oh, I want a boat too. I don't make any money. Fuck. <laughs> so um, I guess I guess I guess what your point is is it's, it's a if you can't start a business where you, you need money to start it, then maybe it's not the best one to start. Well, it comes out where you get your money from, right? So I mean, you know, lots of first business we started with a home loan deposit. Second business we started, you know, first business we started with eleven thousand bucks. Second business with uh, one hundred and forty. So two lots of seventy from the co-founders. Uh, um. So, you know, uh, that was enough to actually build the business to the point where it was generating cash flow they could reinvest. Yeah. The question is, is what do you have to spend to generate cash flow you can reinvest? 
Yeah. And how, and how do you make that? So, so what you're saying is in terms of investing yourself, you're not keen on investing in, in things that don't already have customers and customers funding that growth already. But, but what about other investors? Like would they, what would people do if they wanted to get the attention of other, other investors for something okay. new like this? Well, okay. So, I mean, remove the, the romantic note of owning or being associated with a brewery. Um, the bank pays you 3% if you get a good interest rate. You know, you can, you know, if you use an aggressive fund manager, you can get maybe high nines to 12%, maybe in a 10% for your cash. So at, at some point, people are going to look at the, the safety and security. Now, the fact that you're investing in a startup venture, so therefore it's not that safe. Uh, it's an equity investment, so there's probably no security. Um, well, you can take security as a part of the equity, as, as a part of you know, liquidation preferences and other bits and pieces. But ultimately, you know, you want to save them, I'm going to give you a return on your money. If you're going to invest 100000 bucks, I should be able to return you $10,000 a year. So that's probably the minimum. You know, the, the, the investment should, in their mind, they're probably returning 15 to 20% for a high-risk investment. Mm. They won't return that every year. It could return that exit. So after, you know, after... Um, you know, after what six years, you might well, you double your money on six years, don't you? With twenty percent, no, three years you double your money. Sorry. Um, so after three years, you know, if you if you turned your hundred thousand dollar investment into someone come and bought it, and you got two hundred thousand dollars as your share, that would be seen as a good thing. So, um, mate, you know, if, if the romantic notions out, then you got to make money. Um, yeah, it's that simple. Yeah. Um. Next question I've got is is um, more about the people. So, like, you obviously talk to a lot of people about potentially investing in their businesses through what you do. Um, are you looking for certain traits in people, uh, certain traits in entrepreneurs? Yeah. And what are those, what are those traits? Uh, technical skill. Skill. Um, they, they, you've, got to be, you've got to be a person I want to do business with, you know. Um, you've, you've got to be... Uh, I suppose, you know, if I can't have a beer, barbecue or fish with you, I'm probably not going to do business with you, right? So, um, and so I've got to want to be in your company. Um, I've got to think that you're an honest person. I've got to believe in your skills. Um, and then you, then skills you, in, in business or skills in whatever it is you're kind in of... The, in the domain of expertise. Yeah. So, um, you know, I've got people who are very technically skilled in, in computing. I've got people who are very technically skilled in skydiving, for example, which is great because it's a skydiving business. <laughs> so... Um, uh, so that's and, and then I start looking at the problems and ideas. Um, you know, in the tech startup space, it's a little easier to talk about problems, and you, you're just you basically want a different tasting beer out there with a cool name. I mean, that's that's not solving a problem. That's just you know, entering a market. Mm. So, well, I mean, the Gold Coast is pretty underrepresented when it comes to craft beer. So I think in a way. Like, like what we want to do is open up a brewery and a cellar door on the Gold Coast to give people a craft beer experience, which they can't get at the moment. Um, so I guess it's not a traditional problem and solution, but it is giving people something that we believe they want and that they aren't currently getting. Um, so your problem is the fact there's no craft brewery in the Gold Coast hmm. uh, and you want to build one. And Well, no, sorry, a brewery? Yeah, a brewery, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Um, that, these things sort of usually go along with the brew pub. And doesn't the brew pub like sort of underwrite the expense of actually having the real estate and, and you know, it, it, it's a way to, to, to generate some cash? Is that how it normally works? Yeah, it can work, it can work different ways. You, you can sort of go the production brewery with a cellar door or you can go the full brew pub with, with full kitchen and um, 
dining and the, and the rest of it, which is not what we're doing. But, but that is... <clears throat> there's a bunch of those in Brisbane. The, the Bacchus one is more of a sort of production brewery cellar door. That, as far as I know, they don't have like a full hotel license. I don't think they sell other people's beer there. Um, but something like Newstead would be a would be a full hotel license type <coughs> brew pub. Bacchus is a shed, right? Yeah, pretty good shed. They've actually, they've actually nailed something in that shed. And it's really the, with, the, with the car park and the have the, the, the food trucks turn up. Yeah, but they've captured something quite quite special. You wouldn't think of an industrial shed. That's right. Yeah. And and we don't really have anything like that on the Gold Coast. Um, but that's that's all sort of. The way that the council treats it is that's like a, a brewery and a cellar door, like much like a winery. Um, whereas something like Newstead is a, is a pub where they can sell other people's beer. Like we've had our beer on at Newstead, um, but the only beer we've had on at Bacchus is beer we brewed at Bacchus. We can't sort of brew our own beer and sell it there. Okay. Hmm. Um. So two different models. Bacchus also make money, obviously, from people like us who brew there. So they go have a revenue stream with that. Yeah, the gypsy brewer type thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so so I guess that's that's more about the people. Oh, people, it's always people, you know. It's sort of, you know, in some respects, if I've got to recut your business plan, I'm just I invest in everything, like everything from apps to indoor skydiving centres. You know, do, do you think I'm an expert in all those things? <laughs> um, so you know, if I've got to get in and actually, you know, do do heart surgery in your business on your business plan, I should say, then that's probably. I've probably got the wrong people. I've probably invested in the wrong business. So at some point, I've got to believe the story you're telling me about how you're going to grow it. There are yeah. a couple of businesses there we've, we've changed, but we work with them to help change their plan. But uh, very, very few, to be honest. So it's about you know me believing in in, in you, your skills, um, that the problem is big enough, uh, the problem is bad enough, and big enough to be solved, and the, the idea to give it a crack is probably okay. So the idea is you know it's usually quite near towards the end. The idea, to be honest. And and do you have? Any kind of frameworks that you apply to those decisions or is it more of a gut feel or just experience, you know, when you see something, you know it? Uh, oh, you know, it probably starts with a gut feel. Um, but, you know, there's a lot more we sort of tend to travel through, to be honest, along the way. So, but when you start looking at businesses you're investing in, you can, if they've got any sort of track history, then, then it's a lot easier to understand the things that drive their business. So, and they're all very different, to be honest. Everything from, you know, we've got everything from zero, zero revenue uh, and we, we listed a business with zero revenue and no employees on the stock exchange. I mean, so, you know, that's, that was a hell of a process. So there's lots you can do um, and lots of different ways to do it. And you like to see you like to see traction of some sort? Oh, yeah. You had to prove that people want it, right? Yeah. Um, with the indoor skydive business, for example, there's none in Australia, but there's 27 of these things built around the world that, that did exceptionally well. It was a really easy plan. Mm. Um, you know, people have been bashing at it for, for a year or two and they've got no real traction and you know, just putting more money in will change it. And I don't believe that. Right, they're just you coming know. for a handout. Yeah, they're just looking for something to sort of, you know, to, 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 to storm the blood flow for a bit longer. Um, you, actually, I'd add a question that's kind of related. Do you, do you get people coming on the, on the Shark Tank show, you think, just for, just for the attention and don't actually necessarily want or need the money anyway? Yeah, yeah. What's the sort of percentage of that? Do you think, like, that's most of them? or? Well, it, it's hard to speak their motivations, to be honest. I mean, so um, only one in particular, because we made him an offer, he accepted it, and he had no he had no desire to take it. He was just after the just after the advertising, so it was very right. plain. That, in fact, he, he lied about his business through and through. I mean, the one reason I won't do a deal in Shark Tank afterwards is if they've lied to me. Yeah, um, that's just a, that's just a killer. So, um, but yeah, no, no, people definitely do that. Yeah. Hmm. 
And you mentioned honesty was a thing that you, you like to see in people, so obviously that just kills it straight away. Well, yeah, how can you believe anything? You know, if they're going to lie to you to get your investment, then how do you believe, you know, does their operation even exist? Yeah. You, know, you have to start doing due diligence from a really different perspective if you think they've been bullshitting to you. It also seems to be like a lot, like a higher percentage of people seem to be trying to flog like the Australian version of something and not the whole thing. That seems to be a weird thing that happens in the Australian show. No, actually, it happens. You, you, I know it happens in the UK show a bit. I've never really seen it done in the US show because I don't think <laughs> US entrepreneurs are that fucking stupid. Right. Um, excuse me. Um, it, it is a very curious thing when they pull that sort of shit. You just, <laughs> you never, I don't quite get it. So. Yeah. Actually, I, I thought of another question about the investment thing. You know how I asked you if you've got like a framework that you use to invest and you listed a couple of things. Are there other investors that you look up to that you pay attention to what they do and you learn from them? Um, yeah, well, yeah, I suppose. I mean, I, I have, you know, I have a lot of look up to almost anyone who, you know, who, who does investing, you know, enables people to sort of, you know, follow their dreams. It's really what it is, at least in this, this early stage space. And the people I don't specifically look up to. Um, I mean, there's lots of big names in the US that you sort of have to admire the portfolios they've built, but. Um, and I think the guys who found a Y Combinator are quite incredible. Mm. Um, what they've managed to do there is just is, is quite amazing. So, uh, otherwise, you know, it's because you know mate, we're we're all looking for that one in five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twenty that are going to work for us, right? Mm. So, for everyone who's had a success, you can probably point to for every one success they've got, you can probably point to the nineteen duds. And so, if you know, if you concentrate on the duds, then you know, it's a portfolio, I suppose. So, uh, the, sorry, stammering, long answer. Um, make it shorter. No, I mean, I, I also don't, I, I don't think I'm that, you know, I, I don't think on, on the converse, I don't look up to anyone, but also don't have any, uh, you know, don't, I, I hope I don't look down on people. I can't think of, you know, people who make bad investments. It's like, well, you know, they, they saw an investment or an investment that goes bad. But you know, they they saw something in the potential. And we, we've had we've had startups here where the, where the founders have exploded on each other. Right. Destroys, destroys the value in the investment in a heartbeat. Yeah. So I mean, there's lots that can go wrong. Um, you know, but with a bit of luck, you get that one in X that manages to return you something more than your three percent interest rate in the bank. Yeah. And so you're so when you're investing in something, are you are you looking simply for that return, or do you get excited about the ideas? Oh, you need to get a return. You're not getting a return at the charity. I mean, you just don't even don't even bother with that. So, um, you know, I, I tend to get excited by the teams. So, um, and, and more the problems they're solving. But yeah, and that from that flows the ideas because the ideas can change. I mean, you, if you're trying to solve, you know, a, a certain issue out there, you might try the first idea, then the second idea, the third idea to, to you know keep hacking away at the problem. So, don't get in love with ideas because you're in trouble then. Yeah. Okay. So, I want to talk about the craft beer industry specifically. I think a while ago you were you, you showed some interest in it, and I, and I wondered what had happened with that, and and what what piqued your interest in the industry. Oh, it's the romanticism of owning a brewery, right? Um, it, you know, I, I did show interest. It, it, that was probably before I'd executed. You know, in the last sort of seven months, I've done eight investments and IPO, three follow-ons, and fuck knows what else. To be honest. <laughs> So we're all a bit investment weary, to be truthful. Yeah. Uh, well, from from the show or just generally? <laughs> um, I've got a lot, uh, most of that was from the show. Right. The IPO wasn't, and one of the investments. We did seven. We've done six. And we're trying to do the seventh at the moment from the show. Right. Um, 
but then there's you know there's a lot of working with those entrepreneurs to 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 leverage you know to follow up that investment and to to, to see them be successful so yeah. it's quite um yeah, it's quite demanding so it's not so it wasn't the industry like so anything happening in the industry that itself that that looks interesting to you or it's more just the romanticism like do you think the industry's going to grow in australia what industry craft beer oh craft beer yeah. um you yeah, know i think it's it's it, it's it's at a lowish base i think it's you know it's 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 on the way up. Um, if you look at the amount of concentration it has in the US, it's quite amazing. Mm. So, um, you know, you have mainline breweries coming out with their own craft beer lines, which is interesting, isn't it, right? Mm. So, um, uh, yeah, you know, I think it's got, it's got a bit to go yet. So, um, I, I like it because there's a lot of individualism in it, if you know what I mean. There's a lot of you know, secret recipes and that sort of bullshit, which is fantastic. You know, the beer generally tastes different. Yeah. You can convince yourself sometimes it tastes better, but if you've ever struggled down with like a stone, some sort of stone brewing IPA or something like that, have you tried those at all? Yeah, yeah. It sometimes takes, you know, the, the ruination or something like that. It takes a lot to drink that thing, and you can convince yourself it tastes good, but at the end of the day, it just tastes different, right? So. Right. Well, I had, I had a, um, one of the ones we did was a 11% French Imperial Eggnog Stout that I had last night. Oh. <laughs> 11% of wine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I shared it with three people, and I was the only one that finished mine. Oh, I guess I like big. Oh, I like American beers. You get the big, strong seven, eight, nine percent ones. And you, 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 you have like your first half of beer, and you, your eyes are all fuck eyes. And you look at, oh yeah, it's eight percent. That'll do it for you. Um, of course, you drink like a light beer. I usually drink lights and mids in Australia, so um, very, very hard to get them in the US. Right? Yeah, they call a light just a non-normal beer, just because they call it light. It's not actually light. It's like calories, supposedly. Light <laughs> beer. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you another question. I don't know. This, this may not be a good question for you, but I'm going to ask you anyway. One of the things we've thought about... So we've, so we've got investors already. We're also putting our own money in. Um, but one of the things we're thinking about is doing a crowdfunding campaign for a bottling machine on Possible. And I wanted to get your opinion on crowdfunding and whether, well, whether or not... Crowdfunding for a brewery. Why don't you just go there and sort of say, okay, reserve your beer... Um, you know, subscription beer, reserve your beer, get punters paying. You, you, you sell, sell your first million bucks worth of beer through crowdfunding, for example. Yeah. Um, mm. I think, I'm not, I mean, I'm not sure how big it is in Australia. So, I mean, we, we would probably only have to be in Australia. So, we were thinking like a bottling machine for like 40 grand or something, not, not like the whole, the whole thing, but. Well, we can give it a go. No one's done it before. Someone's going to be the first. Yeah. Yeah, okay. More. All right. Well, try it. I mean, you know, get out there and, um, uh, yeah, I'd give it a crack. Get out there and sort of, I don't know, let's say it costs, I don't know, half a million dollars to build a, you know, a brewery, brew pub, restaurant, I don't know, um, and uh, fund it through crowdfunding. And you, what are you going to, you can't sell equity, so you can't sell shares, but you can, you can sell uh, a bunch of things like you didn't, can you, can you put shit in wooden kegs? Um, we can. I think on the possible side, we can actually sell sell beer. I, I don't know how it would go. I don't know if we could sell kegs. I suppose we could sell kegs. Well, no, well who cares? They buy, who cares? Of course, why can't you? It's just beer, isn't it? Well, no, you, Kickstarter, what? you can't sell alcohol. Um, Say again? Kickstarter is oh, right. that they ban alcohol on their site. Like, you can't, you, you can do an alcohol-related Kickstarter, but you have to sell shirts and shit. You can't actually yeah. sell the alcohol. But possible, you can sell it. Which I only just found out because the co-founder, the, Co-founder of Possible called me the other day about something unrelated, and he told me that they do alcohol. So I didn't actually know you could. There you go. Um, but yeah, 
I think we would be the first if we did it. I don't think anyone's done it yet. They've done it for gin and stuff like that. Build a brewery, build a brewery on Kickstarter or possible or whatever, something. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's let's move on to the <coughs> a, a little bit more about you. I've got just a couple more questions. Um, I wanted to just, just... I've got four minutes, mate, so there you go. Four minutes? Yep. Okay. Um, I, I just wanted to ask you about how the Shark Tank thing went, how it went in relation to how you thought it was going to go, and has it been fun and has it been profitable and worth your time? Um, it's been lots of fun. Uh, we finished filming. We did film it over four and a half weeks, November, December last year. Um, they're getting us back again in late October, early November for three weeks. Um, um, I think it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think we all enjoyed it. I think there was some very positive outcomes from it. Channel 10 seemed to like the outcome. They're doing it again. So they're spending their money to do it again, which is great. Yeah. Um, was it profitable? Very, very rarely does a business just go like bunta nuts overnight, if you mm. know what I mean. So um, every good overnight success takes eight years. So um, I'm not saying this will take eight years, but this, you know, my, my tech start up to three to five years, probably three to seven year burners. These will be probably two to five year burners, as in, you know, we'll, we'll re- recover our investment over that period of time. Right. So, you know, it's, um, they're, they're long, you know, it's not a, it's very rare to have something just, you launch it and explodes the next day, which is nice. So <laughs> um, overall, love the experience. Uh, looking forward to going back. Keen to uh, see what else is on offer. Cool. And what's what's the one company that's standing out as you that, that you think's the most likely to do well that you've invested in? I got all my companies are good. I like every last <laughs> one of them. Um, I and you know, some are going. They're, they're in different phases, but you've got um, uh, scrubber wash bag is fantastic. I mean, these are, I'm, I'm going to mention all these because they're about equal in my head, to be honest. Yeah. Bottle pops is sitting on a poten- couple of potential deals out there that could just blow blow the world apart. Um, throat scope, the illuminated tongue depressor, that, that's, that's really an exciting phase. Um, a rescue swag is in a really exciting phase. I mean, there are different phases. So mm. if anyone's for some of the deals I've got sitting in front of them, they could just, you know, they really would change those entrepreneurs' lives for the, for the, for the better. Yeah. As well as, you know, and we'll profit too. So that's always a good thing. Right, cool. Okay. One more question. What's your favorite beer and why? <laughs> I'm actually really liking Fortitude Pacer 2.8 at the moment. To be honest, oh. have you seen that Fortitude Brewing? Yeah, yeah. Govs, Govs, who, uh, who's the brewer at Black Ops, works at Fortitude, so he made that beer. Mm, so that's um, it is a uh, for a light beer. It's pretty quite tasty, to be yeah. honest. So yeah, it's a light beer. Right? So you know, you know, you know, you don't instantly turn into an asshole when you start drinking it. <laughs> very good. Well, he'll be happy to hear that. I'll tell him after the call. <laughs> All right, mate. Thank you very much. 